This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning. Before, I, uh, before we get going this morning, I start talking to you about the destructive nature of toxic behaviors in our lives, such as pride and boastfulness. I want to show you something. After 10 years of trying, New Life finally brought home the gold. For those of you who are unaware, we have been trying for 10 years in the most loving nature, competing in a church softball league. Well, I think this says it all now, right? All right, moving right along. Very fun. Those are the guys who did it. Hmm. Well, I know... uh, I know Justin and Kevin have already welcomed you this morning, but, uh, you know, I want to do that too. My name is Bob. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, you can take the picture down. It's good, but we don't need it through the whole. <laughs> There'll be autographs afterwards. We're thinking now with our new building, we're going to put a trophy case out in our new lobby. <laughs> We've got one. I might bring out my Little League ones and put those in there too. Anyway, so thanks so much for, for being here. We truly truly mean it. I hope this place is starting to feel like home for you, um, that this is a safe place where you come, and I hope that you're encouraged this morning. You take the opportunity to choose to let God just hug on you for a little bit, and, uh, and that you think, you know what? This is a safe place where I can explore my spiritual life, that I can figure out who I am and who God is and what our relationship is about. I pray that you will get connected in with people around here, whether this is your first time here this morning or whether uh, you're pretty much here most weeks. Um, thanks for being here, and enjoy this morning. We've been, uh, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about detoxifying our lives. And uh, we've been looking at those things that, that pollute us, if you will, the things that are involved in our life that, that pollute us and make us feel icky and, and unsuccessful. So we've been on a four-week detox, and uh, we've been going through this series trying to get healthy, or at least get a little bit healthier And uh, so far, we've looked at a a few topics. The first thing we looked at was toxic faith, right? Looking at unhealthy religion and the the components of that and how to be aware of what is healthy and what is unhealthy when it comes to our spirituality and exploring our relationship with God. We talked about how how can we pick up on the cues of the things that would tell us, you know what, This this isn't a good thing. This is unhealthy religion as opposed to healthy relationship with God and Christianity. Then from there, we talked about Toxic relationships, both within our families as well as within our friendships, how to recognize those things, how to put up some healthy boundaries, how to not get sucked into situations. And so far, the topics have all had primarily one thing in common. That is that we've been talking about toxic behaviors that are out there, right? They're not within us. They're into situations that we encounter in other people, right, or in, in, in churches or in, in, uh, in relationships. But we've been looking and focusing on behaviors outside of ourselves. Well, today we're turning the focus on ourselves. We're not going to be talking about toxic behaviors in other people. We're going to be talking about toxic behaviors in our own life. Behaviors, attitudes, patterns that negatively affect our relationships, negatively affect our life. And uh, to be honest with you, 
Personally, I like the other focus better. <laughs> so this, this morning, we're going to be talking about those toxic behaviors and attitudes that bring us pain and confusion in our life. But we're also going to be talking about freedom. We're going to talk about how to get set free from those behaviors and those attitudes, how to bring a change into our life. As we get started this morning, I, I, want to, I want to use an example to illustrate toxic behaviors. And sadly, this is a, a story about a life that pretty much epitomizes toxic behavior. And uh, if I was to ask several of you, hey, can you come up with somebody who you might think of as a poster child for toxic behavior? My guess is some of you, if not a whole lot of you, might come up with this same individual. But this person, she, she grew up and she was gifted from a very young age with singing and dancing. She had a passion for both of them. She had ability and appeal that was really beyond her years. She started out with uh, doing talent shows, successful in talent shows. Then she moved on to Broadway, did some off-Broadway stuff, singing and, and dancing. Eventually, she made it onto TV. By 17, she had the number one Selling single. She grew up with her mom and she grew up with her sister. They were active in their church. She was involved with her youth group. She called herself a Christian. As a matter of fact, she stated publicly that she was going to remain a virgin until she was married. Professional success beyond her wildest dreams. Really a household name. She was surpassed only by Princess Di on the number of magazine covers that she appeared on. And my guess is that at this point, she's probably surpassed Princess Di as well. Most of you probably know who I'm talking about. Britney Spears. You know, under the heading that a picture is worth a thousand words, take a look at this next picture. And this next one. Didn't have it? Okay. You know, most of you, if you've seen the news, you've seen the, the stories, you've seen the, the pictures. Toxic behavior left unchecked, out of control. You know, they say she's on her way back now, and for her sake and for her children's sake, I certainly hope so. But you know, it's easy to look at her life and say, man... She's a mess. One headline just said, Brittany, Brittany's life, a train wreck. And it's easy for us to sit back and to judge her and say, yeah, boy, she is one, she just messed up. She's got toxic behavior every which way. You know, but I kind of feel like I need to start this morning by standing up here and saying, hello, my name is Bob. I've got toxic behaviors. And you say... Hello, Bob. And I really should have you turn to the person next to you and say, hi, my name is fill in the blank. I've got toxic behavior, but I won't do that. You see, the truth is I have toxic behaviors in my life that not only affect those people around me, they impact the quality and the purpose of my life. And so do you. 
we all have, to some degree, toxic behaviors in our life. We're all toxic on one level or another. The Bible calls it sinners. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have those patterns in our life, those attitudes in our lives that are destructive, that, that they're unhealthy. We know it. We experience them every time we look in the mirror. They steal from us, or at least they minimize the joy and the peace and the satisfaction in our lives and in our relationships. So how toxic are we? It's actually a tough question to answer. Unless, of course, you ask your spouse. And uh, how toxic are we? You know, if you haven't done so yet, let me invite you to take out your New Life notes. I see several of you have inside your program. There's some notes, and you're able to follow along with some of the scriptures that we're going to use, and you can jot down some notes if you'd like. You know, maybe the best place for us to start is to look at some of the, some of the behaviors and some of the attitudes that the Bible describes as toxic. Some of the, the, the behaviors and attitudes that the Bible talks about as unhealthy, and we can go from there. And I'm going to make a distinction between behaviors and attitudes. Behaviors are those things we do, the things that if you were to follow somebody around, you could see them and you'd recognize them and you'd say, well, that's a behavior, that's an unhealthy or a toxic behavior. Attitudes are what often underlie and produce those behaviors. There we go. Toxic attitudes are often what underlie and produce toxic behaviors. So let's start with the list of behaviors. By the way, this is not an exhaustive list. Explosive anger, lying, stealing, overeating, swearing, addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, lust, drunkenness, sexual immorality, gossip, Hypocrisy, saying one thing and then living another way. Vanity, controlling, manipulative behavior. Perfectionism, the inability to write fast enough. (laughs) Toxic behaviors. What about some of the toxic attitudes that underlie these behaviors? Jealousy. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Shame. Greed. Selfishness. Fear. Insecurity. Unbelief. Pride. Envy. Now, as you finish filling those in, I want you to go back and I want you to circle all the ones that apply to you. If you're having trouble, just ask the person next to you. No, I don't want you to do that. Don't circle them. But I I do want to invite you, I do want to challenge you to begin to look at those lists, look at those behaviors, look at those attitudes. Are they the behaviors and attitudes that you recognize in your life? Are they the behaviors and are they the attitudes that are evident in your relationships? 
As you contemplate that, and I do, I want you to think about that for a moment. I want to read to you some scriptures, a number of scriptures really that, that show us where in the Bible they give some, some definition to these and some instructions around these. So listen as I read along, and you can read along or, or follow along. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful or toxic nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. It says, do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't drink too much wine or eat too much food. A troublemaker plants seed of strife, seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. You are like, I love this one, this is one of my favorites. You are like a wild donkey. Sniffing the wind at mating time. (laughs) It's one to use with your adolescent sons. Just so get rid of all evil behavior and coarse jesting. It doesn't say that there, but I thought I'd throw that in. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slanders, as well as all types of evil behavior. Pride leads to destruction. A proud attitude brings ruin. Unforgiveness. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. How toxic are we? How toxic is your life? If you're having some trouble identifying that, if you're trying to, to figure it out and to, you need some help, I've included the talk, How Toxic Is My Life questionnaire. And you can take it. It says, my life has more peace or stress. Is my life more full of peace or stress? Is there more joy or disappointments? Hope or despair? Is there more love or tension in your relationships? You see, stress... Disappointment, despair, tensions, those are the consequences of toxic behavior in our lives. These consequences, they're the primary reason why God wants to remove those behaviors, those attitudes, those toxins from our life. These consequences, the stress and the disappointment and the despair and the tension, all those things is not what we were created to be and not created to experience. 
And all those things are all associated with all those lists and all those scriptures that we talked about. And that is why God wants to remove them from our life. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be full of peace and joy and hope and love. That's his intent for us. That's his desire for us. Think about it this way. If you're a parent, is the reason that you don't want your child experimenting with drugs... Is it because you don't want them to, to experience the, the exhilaration of being high? Or is it because you don't want them to have to deal with the potential negative consequences that are associated with doing drugs? Or think of it another way. Is the reason you don't want your child driving 120 miles an hour down the freeway, is it because you don't want them to experience the exhilaration of speed? Or is it because you don't want them to experience the exhilaration of being splattered on the road? Right? It's the consequences of the behaviors that is why we put the restrictions in place. Friends, this is, this is so important. This principle or this key understanding I'm going to give you in a minute. And I don't think if we're not able to grasp this, then I don't know how we're ever going to have a healthy, productive, satisfying relationship with God. Here's the principle, our our first key understanding. It says, in the same way that for the good of our children, we discourage and restrict certain behaviors and attitude because we love them and don't want to see them hurt. So God instructs us against destructive behaviors and attitudes that will ultimately destroy our lives and our relationships. Again, friends, I I can't begin to tell you how important this principle is if you're truly going to understand who the God of the Bible is. If you're ever going to be able to fully yield your life to God and to receive the blessing and the freedom that He desires for you, this principle, this understanding is foundational. See, if you choose to see God as just some cosmic killjoy who only is putting restrictions and looking to punish you, then you'll never avail yourself to the freedom that is available for these behaviors in your life. However, however, if you come to know God and experience Him as the God who loves you and the God who wants the best for you, then the things that He can do in your life are unimaginable. Unimaginable. How toxic are we? This is where it gets tough. To God, we are very toxic. In fact, in our present state, with the toxic toxicity level that we have in our life, it is un- impossible for us to even to come into God's presence. In our present states, we are unavailable to avail ourselves of God's love and God's forgiveness and even the power to heal us and to free us from all these toxicities. You know, I've heard that the cleanest place on earth is inside the production plant of microchips and microprocessors. They say it's like a thousand times more sterile and clean than, you know, the best operating rooms. There's no dust, there's no germs. 
There's no nothing except people walking around in sterile uniforms, right, working on sterile machinery. But if you get that picture in your mind and then multiply it by a couple hundred thousand, you begin to get the idea of God's presence. The Bible tells us that God is perfect, that there's nothing impure, that there's nothing toxic, that there's nothing unclean in his presence. He is perfectly holy. In fact, if something that was unclean was to come into his presence, it would be eradicated immediately. Kind of like one of those bug zappers. Zip! Gone. So where's our hope? You know those toxins we have in our life? If we were to come into God's presence? Zip! Gone. So where's the hope? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus was zapped tells us that Jesus was killed, that Jesus died in our place. It says that while we were yet toxic, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And it says any one of us who put our hope in Christ, if we put our trust in Christ, then we'll be forgiven. Then we will be cleansed. Then we'll be detoxified. And when that happens, when we put our hope and our trust in what Christ accomplished on the cross, then we can come into his presence. Then we can know God as our Heavenly Father. So how do we detoxify our our behavior? What's the first step in decontaminating your life? It's this. It's to acknowledge your need. The first step in detoxifying your behavior is to acknowledge your need. Admit to yourself and to God that you need his help, that you desire his forgiveness and that you accept his life, love. The second step is to yield your life to his control. Surrender. To acknowledge our needs to him and then yield and surrender control of our life over to God. Cease the behaviors that you know are toxic and ask him to help you with the attitudes that produce these toxic behaviors. See, God will work on our toxic attitudes. Those underlying hurts and wounds and mindsets that produce the toxic behaviors. In introducing this message, I shared with you a story, an illustration of toxic behavior with Britney Spears. And I'd like to begin to wrap this up by telling you another story. This is a story about Josh Hamilton. Oh, I'm sorry, did I skip? Let me back up. Second key understanding, sorry. It says, we cannot just add Christ to our life and not subtract sin. We can't have a change in belief without a change in behavior. 
Trust God with your life. He'll begin to work on the attitudes as you yield to him as we take care of the behaviors. The story I want to end with is a story about Josh Hamilton. And uh, most of you probably have no idea who Josh Hamilton is. I think if we look up, we'll see a... There he is. That's Josh Hamilton. The only way you'll have any idea as to who he is is if you follow baseball. In 1999, Josh was picked as the top draft pick in baseball. Right out of high school, he was picked by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Not only was he the first choice right out of high school, but they offered him a nice $3.9 million signing bonus. Not too bad right out of high school, huh? Growing up, Josh was the proverbial boy next door, very polite, very kind. Really, the only thing that caused him to stand out at all was his baseball prowess. He could hit the ball farther than anybody else, and he could throw the ball faster than anyone else. Baseball scouts, when they were looking at him and making reports on him, they said he was the five-fold threat. They said he had a a thunderous bat, an outstanding fielding, great speed, the ability to throw the ball at 95-plus miles an hour, and it was all topped off by his stand-up character and his clean living. Josh was quoted soon after he signed this contract, and he was quoted as saying, I'm not saying anything's for sure, but maybe three years in the minor, minors, and then off to the major leagues for 15 or so years, and then after I will retire, I'll have to wait five years to get into the Hall of Fame. Pretty cocky guy, huh? Pride goeth before a fall. Unfortunately for Josh, after coming into the minors and taking the minors by storm, in 2002, he hurt his arm. He was put on this disabled list. Well, he began a regimen of behaviors that he now says were very unhealthy. He started drinking. He started doing drugs. He was ignoring his wife and his kids, and he kind of gave up on his training. Then in 2004, Major League Baseball suspended him after he failed four drug tests. In the next couple years, he wasted literally millions of dollars on doing drugs. Matter of fact, one time he had to call his father-in-law to bring down $2,000 in cash so he could cover a bounce check to a cocaine dealer. At this point, his life seemed destined for the baseball scrap heap, if not for the life scrap heap. His immense talent was wasted on poor choices and obvious toxic behaviors. But then God. But then God. God in his mercy got a hold of Josh's life. And he took Josh in his arms and he began to help him turn his life around. Last year, Josh returned to baseball. He played with the Cincinnati Reds last year and now he's playing with the Texas Rangers. I'd like to read to you a proclamation that was made by the mayor of Raleigh, North Carolina, which is the area where Josh grew up. It says this, Proclamation for Josh Hamilton Day. Whereas Josh Hamilton was born in Riley and best blessed with extraordinary athletic gifts that were on display on the mound at Athens Drive High School, and whereas, despite his great good fortune, soon after being the number one pick in Major League Baseball draft, Josh began a tragic descent into the non-life of a crack addict. 
And whereas for the next four years, Josh, Josh was, by his own admission, a bad husband, a bad father whose life was void of dreams, yet consumed by the guilt, depression, and addiction that prompted three suicide attempts. Whereas Josh has now been clean for more than two years and is once again a husband to his wife, Kate, a father to his daughters, Julia and Sierra, a son to his parents, and a messenger for his proclaimed Savior, Jesus Christ. And whereas this past year, Josh was one of the sports world's greatest story as he posted a slugging percentage of 554 and cracked 19 home runs to grab second place in the National League Rookie of the Year race. And whereas Josh now states his life today as being a mission in the ray of hope, the guy who stands out there in the field and owns up to his mistakes and lets people know it is never completely hopeless. And whereas the book of Matthew quotes Jesus, he rejoiced more of the sheep that is brought back to the flock than the 99 which never went astray. Now therefore do I, Charles Meeker, mayor of Riley, North Carolina, hereby proclaim December 12, 2007 as Josh Hamilton Day in Riley and encourage all of our citizens to support him and all of our prodigal sons and daughters in their lifelong struggle against the demon of addiction. And then just the last week, I guess the week before last, after being one of the top vote-getters for the 2008 All-Star Game, Josh began hitting home run after home run after home run in the home run derby. He cracked 28 home runs in the first round of the home run derby. That's a, uh, broke all records. In an interview afterwards on ESPN, this is what he said. He says, it's amazing over the past few years what God has done in my life and how quickly he has done it. I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity. A wonderful story. But it's not just a wonderful story about Josh Hamilton. It's a wonderful story about God. It's a wonderful story about our God. A God who is mighty to save. A God who is quick to forgive. A God who brings freedom and healing into our lives. See, Josh is just another example. He's just more evidence that no one is beyond God's love and redemption. No case is too toxic. No behavior in life is too toxic for God's saving grace. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living within the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all, from all unrighteousness and wickedness. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if we confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. People, sorry, brothers, next one. Nope, back. Brothers, sisters, understand what I'm telling you. You can have forgiveness of your sins through Jesus. Through Jesus, everyone who believes is free from all sins. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. The old is gone, and the new has come. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter how toxic the behaviors. And while freedom is the most precious gift we can receive from God, unforgiveness towards others can be one of the most destructive, toxic behaviors that we hold on to. Listen to a quote by a Catholic priest that I came across. He said, When I first was ordained a priest, I believed that over 50% of all problems were at least in part due to unforgiveness. After 10 years in the ministry, I revised my estimate and maintained that 75 to 80% of all health, marital, family, and financial problems come from unforgiveness. Now, after more than 20 years in ministry, I have concluded that over 90% of all problems are rooted in unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, I don't know the level of toxicity in your life. I don't know what attitudes and what behaviors are your battlegrounds. But I want to invite you this morning to allow the Spirit of God to free you, to invite the Spirit of God to begin to work in your life or to continue to work from your life and bring you freedom and healing. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.